Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, and I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and I'm at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice <laughs> on Tumblr. And shut up. I love those hyphens. <laughs> love it. Nothing wrong with a good hyphenated name. <laughs> Okay, and we have uh, joining us Bear. Hi, I'm Bear. I'm barely legible on Tumblr and barely underscore legible on Instagram. Oh, underscore too. It's like a a soft hyphen. I'm feeling it. (laughs) I have to. (laughs) All right, so we're covering a clash of kings, Tyrion thirteen. Spoilers for this podcast, for the A Song of Ice and Fire books, and the Game of Thrones TV series. So this uh, chapter is kaboom. It's, there's wildfire everywhere. Men are lit like little t- green torches, and Tyrion wonders if Stannis is watching this horror from his side. He thinks, you're as much to blame as I am. I didn't like leave a lot of... Sometimes when I take my notes, I kind of leave these little... Um, like it's like a little cue or a little blank for a question, but something just kind of came to me. It's like uh, Tyrion is really, um, I don't know, he's having a hard time with his himself. I think like this this bit where he's kind of thinking of Stannis and you know trying to well, share the blame with somebody for like <laughs> what he did. Like this is a well, I think it's scene. hard if you if you actually you know not only are they killing their own men with wildfire, but he's doing it for the reign of Joffrey, you know, like, I think that has to weigh on him. It has to weigh on him a bit, you know, I mean, it's, he's fighting for his own life, of course, but, you know, he is ultimately fighting for the reign of Joffrey Baratheon, you know, God help the seven kingdoms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's that. Oh, go ahead, Bear. Well, and I didn't really understand, you know, when he wonders, is that where he wonders if this is how, like, Aegon the Conqueror felt? Because I was like, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is at this bit, too. Is that our first hint of Tyrion Targaryen? God, <laughs> stop with that. <laughs> no, but like, I, true. I think it is. Seriously, it is like an I am become death moment, you know, like, right. yeah. realizing oh, yeah. just how much, like, horror he has unre- unleashed. And, like, he's like... <laughs> trying to make someone else share the blame i mean like it's like he's it's triumphant it, it worked his plan pretty much worked i mean he's seen you know people yeah. are kind of slipping through here, here and there but it worked and it's you know really well <laughs> and it's interesting you know because this is where i think Tyrion's chapters in this book get a little bit difficult because you know we you know we have a chat we have sansa's chapter 
in Mager's Holdfast, and then we have Davos on the Blackwater, and then we have this chapter from Tyrion. So we're seeing, like, you know, we're kind of in the in the firestorm, really, with Davos, and then we have Tyrion, you know, literally watching it from above. So that is kind of a, you know, kind of an awesome switch in perspective in a way. Awesome just in, the, like, the awesome, terrible, you know, yeah. like Chicky said. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that, yeah. because on one hand, you're like, no, who... Poor Davos and his sons. Oh, what monster did this? And then you cut to Tyrion and you're going, well, wait, I kind of liked him. So uh, don't be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really deliberate point, you know, like choice on George's part to do it that way, to show you the cost, the human cost, and then bring you mm-hmm. back to the author of the destruction. I mean, he's so good pretty... at that, too. Son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> As much as I've been hating these the Tyrion chapters, I mean, this whole Blackwater thing, it's just, it's brilliant in the books, it's brilliant in the show. Yeah, I mean, if you add in Sansa's chapters, I mean, that kind of adds well, and know, Davos, so much to it. And But you're getting, like, this whole perspective of what's going on, and it's not yeah. just from the one POV, and it's just, it really is beautifully done, and mm-hmm. yeah. So we have Joffrey, and he's shrieking about his ships being burnt up. And Tyrion knew if they had not sent them out to meet um, meet the Stannis' ships, you know, he never would have fallen for the trap. And um, as it is, there are about 30 to 40 ships of Stannis' left, and eight of them have landed just below the city walls. And I couldn't gather from this chapter... Um, were the ships manned that Tyrion sent out? Because I like on the show they were yeah. empty and just yeah. full. Well, I think they're manned. They were. Yeah. So damn. He justifies it to himself, saying that they would have died regardless. Wow. But... Yeah. That's something. I mean, we see a lot of we see a yeah. lot of people do this. I mean, Rob did this. Rob did this at the Whispering right. Wood. Right. He sacrificed a couple thousand guys. That's He's right. Tywin's son. You do this stuff to you know. See what I did there? Yeah, yep. I did. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's one thing to send some men on, you know, a mission where, you know, they're outnumbered. But there's another to send them on a boat to be burnt up and blasted yeah. by wildfire. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jacelyn Bywater had warned Tyrion about the fortitude of their men. And basically, they lack it completely. And they'll break bad if there is a whiff of loss in the air. So Tyrion is intent on keeping them winning from start to finish. Some of Stannis' men stagger ashore and Tyrion orders the whores to be fired 30 degrees west. So these are like, what, trebuchets or catapults? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So Joffrey is whining that Cersei promised he could operate the whores and he had his antler men all ready to go. (laughs) So the antler men are Stannis supporters and they have nails, like, uh, sorry, antlers nailed into their heads. And I thought a little bit too much about this at lunch. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't think you could nail antlers to someone's head. (laughs) Drill, maybe. I don't think you could nail. Yeah, are they alive? No. Yeah, no. Are they? I thought they were alive. Why? Why would you? I feel like they're alive. Yeah. Wouldn't honing the nails in their head probably kill them? That's what I would. Okay, wait, wait, wait. It says Joff had the antler men trussed up naked in the square below. Presumably, if they're dead, you don't have to truss them up, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they fly they better if they're like tightly packaged. Oh, God. Well, you can do that to a live person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Sh- I'm not saying they're in Thank good shape. You. Clearly, with the nailing antlers, but I think they are technically alive. Where'd they and get now, all the antlers? Now I'm going to be thinking about this for way too long. Thank you a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't you think know, it's possible. You know that Robert was such a hunter. He probably had a huge room full of antlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like full-on NRA TV and <laughs> red key. It's like everything's well, and, antlers. And Joffrey, Chandeliers and he, antlers, um, forks and knives. He's got like cutlery sets that are <laughs> antlers. Well, and Joffrey threw all that shit out when he redecorated, right? Yeah, but everyone's got a basement. Right, he's well, no, that's what I'm saying is it's like... It's not even being used as decor, so it's just probably like in, you know, the room where furniture goes to die. And they're like, hey, we've got all these antlers, we have these traders, let's just, let's yeah. Have me that box of nails. <laughs> I appreciate the recycling. Good job, Joff. <laughs> okay, so Tyrion lets Joffrey go about his task, ordering Sir Osmond to keep him alive. Uh, shortly after, there is a word that the ramming there is a ramming at the king's gate, and Tyrion and Pod ride off. Um, when he gets there, there are shout he shouts for them the commander to go out, and it's the hound, and he just says no. He is injured, and there's blood dripping down his face. He and his men have already been out several times. It takes a moment, but Tyrion realizes that he's afraid. Um, so without a leader, the other men will not go out and uh, Tyrion takes it upon himself to say very well I'll lead and the hound kind of laughs at him Tyrion um, suits up and says they say I'm half a man what does that make the lot of you it does the trick and shames some of the men to form rank and then I just pulled the last little bit of this chapter because it's like Tyrion's big speechy moment You won't hear me shout out Joffrey's name, he told them. You won't hear me yell for Casterly Rock either. This is your city Stannis means to sack, and that's your gate he's bringing down. So come with me and kill the son of a bitch. Tyrion unsheathed his axe, wheeled the stallion around, and trot it toward the sally port. He thought they were following, but never dared to look. And that'll bring us to the end. Oh, God. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, like, the Sander stuff is so cool. And, like, I had kind of forgotten how George sets you up so well with Tyrion's chapters where, you know, you're you're kind of being given hints that, hey, you know, Sander hates fire. <laughs> Sander hates fire. Like, we've had that several times throughout, <laughs> you know, Clash. And, like, finally we hit this moment of, you know, like, you know, do or die. And it's like Sander's like, I'm out. Nope. She went and lit the whole fire, the whole place on fire and I'm done. This is my line. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, again, to go back to to Sansa's chapters where, you know, she's praying, you know, she's praying and eventually, you know, the hound makes it into her prayers. And then, you know, after this being, you know, their encounter in her chambers, it's so much of like, so much of like the emotional resonance of Blackwater is about Sander. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just you, you know, he, in some ways, like he feels like the most important person in the whole story in in this part of the story to me. Mm, like it's about does. it's about him, you know. I and I know it's not just or it's not really, but that's what like gets my heart in these chapters. Like him and Sansa, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it you know this is what George does so well. I mean, better than than most writers is that 
he pulls together characters who are having their own complete whole stories and lives and has them bang into each other and have consequences of those collisions that feel so real and relevant for both of them. So you have Tyrion here forced into his hero moment, right? That you kind of have felt coming for the last two books with him. And you have, you know, Sander hitting his breaking point. He's got his, his, you know, his armor is scorched. This is just, he's just been driven to the line. I mean, he has broken, you know, the the whole thing that Tyrion's been worried about. Oh, the men are going to break. The men are going to break. But he was kind of relying on Sander thinking Sander could overcome like his demons in order to do this, you know, just not really, paying attention to the hints that he'd been getting. And it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, I really think this is one of, one of George's finer moments. And we were talking about the Blackwater in general is, I mean, like you also want to, you know, involve, like you're saying Sansa and, and Davos, like, you know, full rich characters with their own stories and lives and everything. And they just kind of like come together and just, you know, it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, but it's you beautiful. even have, yeah, you even have this moment of Cersei pointing out, you know, Lolly's pretty little maid and, you know, how, of course, you know, she has to, bring up that, you know, the soldiers would, you know, like her, et cetera. So you even have, you know, Shay's kind of story intersecting here mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, after, it's like, after all the shit we've given Tyrion for the last like six, seven, eight chapters, like, oh, okay, this is why, you know, this is why I cared about this character before I started reading him more closely. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, he, he is brave. He is, you know, he is brave. He is smart. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, he's also a lot of other things, too. And, you know, like many people, I mean, he's kind of the extreme of many of those things. But, you know, he's not all bad either. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, he's he's kind of the epitome of, you know, the good doesn't wash out the bad and the bad doesn't wash out the good. And I mean, this is as horrible as it is, as horrible as, as his success in this battle is. I mean, you know, Tyrion has taken, you know, a sow's purse and he or a, a pig's ear and he's made, you know, a silk purse out of it. I mean, like he has just, you know, turned crap into you know, the beginnings of a victory, obviously, it will take, you know, Tywin writing in and, and kind of cleaning everything up along with, you know, the Tyrells. But Tyrion is the one who has kept it together. I mean, this is really his most triumphant and best moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's know. interesting when, you know, I we've heard Nikolai Castrowaldo kind of talk about Jamie's arc and how we we meet Jamie at the, you know, we meet Jamie at the bottom, you know, on his worst, on his worst day. And, you know, from then on it, you know, it, it it changes. And it's kind of funny because I feel like, you know, we sort of meet Tyrion in the middle and this is his best day and it's literally all downhill from here. Oh, goody. Yes. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been super fun. So. <laughs> and we'll be taking a break now from Tyrion pretty soon, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, he wakes up after the battle and it's, you know, a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this the chapter where they also sort of uh, hint at the whole bit with the visor? Like Joffrey oh, yes. keeps opening up his helm and Tyrion keeps yelling at him to, to close it. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know why I'm laughing because it's quite horrible, but, you know. What is it? I, I don't understand the hint part of it. Well, it's just like we're getting the the idea, the foreshadowing that, you know, you should probably that there's a reason why these guys wear like helms and you're supposed to like, you know, not supposed to take that off 
or open it up. Oh, like and, the Tyrion? Yeah, and then he's yeah. about oh, gotcha. to. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right, I we'll see in the next chapter. Yeah. 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 I think the one that's got all the battle crap that I got a mod. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Really not looking forward to that. If anyone wants it, this is your chance. <laughs> is that going out week? to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do the mail. Oh, boy. We have a lot of it. Okay. So, take a little sip here. <laughs> um, got it. Well, no, seriously, I'm going to have to hydrate a couple of times because there's quite a bit, which is great. Um, okay. This is from Jesse who sent us an email saying uh, left a review on iTunes a few weeks ago, but I really wanted to reach out to tell you how much I love the podcast. I walked in on my daughter. No worries. She's 18 <laughs> listening to the newlywed edition episode. Oh, no. And my introduction oh, to close the door was hearing someone talking about having <laughs> sex in a car and getting mosquito bites on their ass. <laughs> my first comment to my daughter was, WTF are you listening to? Turn this smut off. Followed immediately by, oh my God, move over, turn the volume up. Since then, I've binged most of your episodes, both show and book. You guys have been part of my morning and afternoon commute for the past few weeks. Makes me actually look forward to being stuck in the car. You have a great, a very great chemistry, which sets you apart from many a Song of Ice and Fire podcasts. Aww. Some of my favorites... Guile's utterly brilliant, smart assery. Lot telling someone that leaves a bad review to go fuck themselves in the, in the sweetest voice. Eon educating the panel about random boners. And when Kama is on any show episode podcast, she alternates alternates between sounding like she's ready to jump off the nearest bridge or about to slaughter the entire group. Pure gold. Love the podcast. Thanks for both the insight and the laughs. Few of my friends in real life watch the show and none of them have read the book. So you're all the closest I have to that group, that group of female friends that can bond over the amazing world of Westeros. <laughs> that is a phenomenal Aww. piece of mail right there. That oh, is nice. great. That is really great. Oh, thank <clears> you. <throat> all right. And we've got another one. Uh, this is from Rachel. Hi, ladies and occasional gents. I'm writing to tell you how much I enjoy your We Hate the Books 2 episode from last year. <laughs> I seldom listen to podcasts more than once, but I keep returning to this one and have listened to it at least four times. Hmm. It's such a breath of fresh air and fandom to hear people talking about the problems in the books and why these problems means <laughs> we will never get wins. I love the books. Wouldn't be here otherwise. But Martin's amazing skill with characters and inability to edit himself are major reasons why he is struggling to close his story down. Sorry. Uh, there is just too much there. And all this stuff we love is a very is a big reason why he's never going to finish. Personally, I think he has probably written the vast majority of wins, but it's way too long to publish and doesn't actually advance the story very much. More bloat. And he's having major problems rewriting, editing it down. I've decided to stop enabling George by handing over money for the supplementary materials. So he's not getting <laughs> not another cent of my hard-earned cash until he publishes wins. Once he does, then I'll happily hand over money for the complete <laughs> histories of the Targaryen dynasty, volumes one through eight. Just my own little <laughs> protest. 
One of you ladies, sorry, can't remember which one, mentioned she's not taking a vacation till Wins is out. And every time I re-listen, I wonder, has she cracked yet and booked <laughs> a flight somewhere warm and sunny? <laughs> who is that? Who that was? I don't know. Who that was. <laughs> not me. Maybe a, a guest or something? Maybe. I think all of us are so hopeless at this point yeah, that we'd be I mean, like, I've gone through that several What's times. That right. <clears throat> Anyhow, she finishes. Thanks for all the hard work, ladies. I love listening to your podcast every week. I always give a shout out to close the door when the subject of podcast comes up in forums I frequent. So hopefully I've thrown a few extra yes. listeners your way over the year. Rachel. Thank you. Gold stars oh, to Rachel. You. That's how okay. you do. Okay. <laughs> all right. This is a, Okay, I think. All right. I think Shelby, we got some mail from Shelby, who I believe sent Tumblr and email. Hi, guys, especially Guile, because she said no one ever says she's their fave. She's also, that's in caps, my fave. I like not totally just people in the, into it. I think she was the one who went off on this person that left a negative review on iTunes. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it was fucking hilarious because they gave a bad review for stupid reasons. They were (laughs) mad that you guys criticized the show and they complained about spoilers, even though you always give spoiler warnings. What a dumbass. (laughs) I don't think we did it today. Okay. No, we did. I did. How dare. All right, all right, all right. But yeah, she (laughs) completely snatched that dude's wig off, honey. So I give her love. I give all of you my love. There's no limit to my love. I give away love like Oprah gives away cars. Okay. That's great. Okay. There's more. That's great. Also, special shout out to the girl who calls Tom and Toman. <laughs> That's a lot. Well, I'm sorry. I can't remember her Toman. name. What? That's how you say it. <laughs> it's been a while since I listened to an episode with her in it, but way the way she pronounces things is so precious and pure. <laughs> but yeah, it's Shelby again. I just wanted to say thank you so much for answering my questions in the previous podcast. It really brightened my day and made me squee internally. Y'all get all the heart emojis, every single one of you. This time, my questions are show ones instead of book ones, so I'll apologize in advance. Laughs out loud. Oh, boy. Okay, here's Chicky. Get queued up, okay? Question one. How do y'all feel about the insanely out-of-character, warm-but-grumpy Grandpa Tywin in season two? The Heron Hall scenes with Arya. I was still a show only when I watched it, so I didn't know that it was out-of-character. Now I see that D&D were doing questionable things way before season four, where I think the show started going downhill. There was a plethora of illogicalness on both Tywin and Arya's parts in those scenes, despite the amazing acting. Thoughts? Now I'm going to pause. <laughs> I okay. mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be magnanimous here. I mean, like, I think that D&D just, you know, wanted to bang Charles Dance pretty bad. And I don't blame them yeah. for that. <laughs> and I think they just just didn't care what they did with Tywin in order to make it happen, including making him, you know, Santa Tywin, Papa Tywin. They kind of have a habit of doing that, right? They've got, they like, well, I mean, look at Lena Headey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still love that stuff. I mean, when you you think about it, though, if you had Roos and Arya, like, that would have, I mean, it's hard to even imagine what that would have been. (laughs) It would have been so weird. Well, I've never been awesome though. I got 
I remember when this was all going on, there was a whole bunch of how Tywin should know who Arya was, which I never quite got. But then I'm like, well, if anyone is good, I mean, I would think Roose would know who she was. I think the Starks kept Roose. I mean, like, <laughs> really no, but I mean, like, there's this guy that, you know, has never seen her from, you know, halfway around the world versus someone who's at least in there. I don't know. I love I like the t- Arya Tywin well, stuff. I if you think about it, he he catches on that she can read and that she's a girl disguised as a boy. Tywin's supposed to be pretty bright. You think he would have put two and two together. She looks like Diana, who Tywin would probably know who she was from the tourney at Harrenhal. Was he there? Yeah, but I think how long Tywin ago was there? Well, like 16 years ago? Yeah, I mean... Maybe. Actually, I don't think Tywin was there. Didn't he not go because he knew what, what Eris had summoned Jamie for? Because of Jamie. Yeah, okay. that's right. So he's oh. got. I mean, okay. and and before you say, well, she's got gray eyes and dark hair. I mean, seriously, think about all the people you know who have like a certain eye color and hair color. It doesn't mean you're gonna. I know. I wasn't gonna say anything else. Oh, <laughs> well, peasant that can read that uh, is disguising herself as a boy. I think that's all you need. That would raise right. I some think red flags. My argument, my argument more than anything would be yes, exactly that. It's like, well, why does she know this much? Sounds like a spy. Like, just maybe don't yeah. let her into our inner sanctum. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. You don't need to figure out she's Arya Stark, but like clearly she's not who she's, you know, pretending to be, which is yeah. a peasant. Uh, and it's, you know, it's hard to having, you know, going through these Tyrion chapters and seeing, you know, what happened to Tisha and seeing, you know, how that impacts Tyrion. And, you know, it's all because of Tywin. It's hard to think of Tywin in any kind of positive light. You know, we've just been immersed in Tyrion so long that I just can't, mm-hmm. I can't get behind that version of Tywin, although, you know, in watching the show, like, it's, they're fun, entertaining scenes. I I think it's like, there are a lot of people who are miserable to their, their blood relatives, like, absolutely horrible, abusive, but are perfectly fine with other people, and that's kind of how I interpreted it. I always thought he thought of her as, like, an entertaining piece of furniture. So, but, I have a question. How come Gal can say Tisha? But I can't say Toman. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Still a little bitter there, huh? You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. I mean, like, and I will. Why are you freaking me into it? <laughs> well, clearly, I, someone I, says it's good. They like it, so she keep loves going. it. It's, I'm it's not upset. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just poking fun. Your precious <laughs> look, I'm gonna throw this out. I think in the in the like time that we've done this podcast, we have all had some questionable pronunciations. Where someone is, <laughs> is that how you say that? There's I think every one, single one of us. There's male, and I'm gonna have to say this. Oh, is, I'm gonna have to say that one poor sex worker's name again. No, I'm not. Thank God. Uh, that yeah, one I couldn't yeah, even yeah. pronounce. <laughs> so you know, you're good. You're good lot. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about. I'm sorry. I, I won't try to be playful anymore. <laughs> Oh. Is that it? Oh no, there's more. Oh god. Um, <laughs> I don't want to end on that. <laughs> While I know oh no, we got more here. While I know season four was the rise of Larry, since the season that season had the white tower bullshit. I think the discuss the decision to cut the Taisha 
Tisha, whatever. <laughs> Reveal was what brought us the worst of St. Tyrion and Larry, since that was supposed to be the catalyst to further both their cont- character development. Without it, Jamie never learns the truth about Cersei and distances him distances himself from her. And Tyrion doesn't go on his dark path or villain arc, depending on your POV. So, I mean, except this that is it was very public, very public that Cersei was accused of. Um, hang on, you know. hang on. There's more. Okay. So, this is a three parter. I swear next time I won't have so many questions, although I've got more mail from this woman. Uh, <laughs> why do you think that they cut the Taisha reveal? Do you agree that cutting it was the final nail in the coffin to ruining Jamie and Tyrion's characters? And if not, what was? And do you think there was a way for D&D to write the show Lannister bros going on similar arcs to their book counterparts without the reveal? And if so, how do you think they could have done it? I mean, it, it did. It, it, it made sure that that book Tyrion was never going to be on the show. But other than that, I don't think that the reveal of, of the Taisha thing necessarily is what ruined their characterization. I think, you know, Tyrion had already been very, very whitewashed and Jamie had been um, overly been villainized. Rapist. He'd and been a rapist. He had killed his cousin. Fucked Cer- Cersei on the white book. I mean, Ugh. they've already, yeah. I mean, completely. They already had done it. Yeah. With Jamie at that point. So, I mean, it, it really was not the, that was not the point. It was already done for me with Jamie. I mean, I'm not glad that they did it. I think it sucked. It meant that the real Tyrion was never going to be on the show. Yeah. And that was disappointing. But, and the, uh, the other thing about Jamie on the show, if he doesn't know that Cersei's been fucking people, then he's the biggest moron ever because she literally was put on trial for it on the show. But it's public asked. knowledge. It's public knowledge. But that's so, kind of what they're okay with. They they're okay with him being the biggest moron on the show. I, I just think yeah. they don't care. You know, they they don't care about the character when it comes down to it. He his only purpose is to be in scenes with Cersei. Like that's the yeah. only interaction that they care about is to, you know, hold her character up. They don't. Well, and it feels him. like it feels like he's just been in a holding. Am I allowed to answer this? I'm sorry. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Any time. It feels like he's just been in a holding pattern for the last, you know, four years. Seasons. Yeah, because it, it almost is like, well, we know eventually he teams back up with Brienne. So in the books, okay, what's he going to do? We'll send him to Dorn. And, you know, and so it's like, well, we can't have him find out about all of Cersei's indiscretions because then what's he going to do? Because we still need him around doing her bidding for the next well, couple of seasons until they we're decided, ready to get rid of him. Well, then they decided that, well, he, he wouldn't care if she blew up the Sept with wildfire. That that would have no impact, yeah. particularly it on Jamie. remind him we'll of just, anyone. Yeah, it's not, an, it's not important. We'll just, you know, just, it'll be fine. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, they kind of, like, had to come up with a... And, you know, they came up with the reason. And then after, like, a season, they just got sick of even coming up with the reason. It was like, whatever. <laughs> just forget forget that there's a character named Jamie that you, you know, that you love. That's one of the best written characters ever anywhere. I mean, basically. I think, I think they thought there would be no um, kind of narrative backlash to the decisions that they made regarding that. I mean, yeah, it was a matter of holding his story out. 
But I mean, beyond that, it was just like not addressing things that they should have addressed. If You know, it's like we're talking about how like George can bring together characters and they clash in incredibly believable ways. And the consequences of their clashes have, you know, repercussions for each character, like in a way that feels completely organic and right. And the show is terrible at that. I mean, fr- quite frankly, I mean, there should have been fallout for a lot of the things that happened with Cersei with Jamie and they just didn't want to do it. So they didn't. And that just makes his character stupid and unbelievable, frankly. I mean, like, you know, it, not believable as book Jamie, who will eventually, you know, stand up and do the right hot thing. Blood it, man. <laughs> yeah, that too. All right. Oh, later. and there's a postscript here, by the way, that podcast where all of y'all, it's, I can never say that. Right. said, happy birthday <laughs> to that fan and little fingers voice was iconic. I rewound it like 10 <laughs> times and laughed every single time. Slay a, Queens. God. Was that a drunk cast? Because I don't remember that. When was that? I do remember doing ago. it. Oh, God. I can't believe Our, somebody got us to do that. We must have been drunk. I had to have been a drunk cast. <laughs> Alright. She also sent us a Tumblr ask. Um, Thanks for replying to my ridiculously long email and being amazing as always. I sent an email Aww. too, but that got long. Shocker, right? <laughs> so I thought I'd send my half-joking reply to your answer about Jamie training Cersei to fight on Tumblr. So this was last up, ep- I think last episode? Yep. yep. I thought of the question because I was rereading all of the Lannister POVs and I noticed that Cersei is as strong as hell. When she hit the blue bard with his loot, it burst, and her pimp (laughs) hand is fierce. She's always smacking bitches around, laugh out loud. And I think she chipped Bob's tooth. Point is, Cersei is naturally strong and violent. I just find it weird for Martin to write all that, yet not have her mention wanting to train, or even consider it for a short moment when she was young. Especially since one of her main traits is penis envy, internalized misogyny. Do you see what I mean? P.S. I was the Anon who sent that cross-dresser Jamie ask laugh Aww. out loud. <laughs> Clotho oh, knows what up. Poor Clotho. Two, two episodes where this comes up in a row and she's not no. here. She understands that we should talk about that 24-7 a new best friend. <laughs> oh, makes me laugh. Okay. I mean, I still think that Cersei wants... You know, she wants the respect, she wants everything, but she doesn't actually want to do any work for it. So yeah. whether or not she's, like, big and strong for a woman and might have some innate skills, she doesn't actually want that. She just wants, I mean, on some level, she wants the option, which I certainly can understand. But also, I think, and I, I know I, I think I said it last week, I think she just wants to feel aggrieved and victimized. Yeah. All right, we have one more thing. We have an Anon from Tumblr who says, Hi, guys, I recently found the podcast and wanted to say it's so refreshing to hear a podcast address Tyrion's problematic behavior. It's quickly become my favorite podcast. Yay! The contrast between Tyrion and Sansa in King's Landing is one of my favorite parts of A Song of Ice and Fire. Tyrion is so self-centered and congratulatory and self-pitying while Sansa is literally an abused hostage, yet she is always concerned with the feelings of others. Really highlights Sansa's genuine kindness versus Tyrion's selfishness. That's our mail. That's oh, a, a good comment. Good hefty yeah. sack that was. <laughs> Thank you, comma. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. We like the mail, so send us more at close the door and at gmail.com. 
or close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. You can support this podcast by subscribing on Patreon. Uh, please consider liking or subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen. And like uh, Rachel, I believe her name was, went and recommend it wherever she could. We like that too. So you can do that. Um, I think that's going to bring us to the end. Thank you for podcasting, ladies. Closing Thank the you door. For moderating. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Closing the door. Get out. <laughs>